Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianmedia.com. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. During this wonderful, radiant season of our Lord's resurrection, in fact, on this particular Sunday, in the Gregorian calendar, in the Byzantine liturgical calendar, those who are on the Gregorian calendar, that is, we celebrate Sunday of the Samaritan woman. Fascinating gospel. Rich, rich imagery there. We're going to get to that in a moment. But first, I want to say hello and greetings. Christ has risen to a few special people. First of all, William from Akron, Ohio. We heard from you, William, I want to, and I really appreciate hearing from you. We always love hearing from our listeners here at Light of the East. I want to thank you, William, from Akron, Ohio, because it's especially close to our hearts here at Light of the East. Even though we're in Chicago, our eparchy, the center, is in Cleveland, Ohio, and specifically Parma. And it's great to hear from listeners from the homeland, from the center of our eparchy. So once again, William Christ is risen. William from Akron. Also, of course, our great, great loyal friend, Sonia. Sonia from Orinda, California. Sonia is always so consistent, always so kind, always writing to us, keeping us in touch with her. And really, really appreciate that. And also, Layla, Layla Espinoza, also from California. She is from Bakersfield, California. Very nice letter she sent to me. And we really appreciate that, talking about how she would listen to Light of the East on the way to a Byzantine liturgy, which was quite a distance from her home, and she really enjoyed that. So we really appreciate, Leila, hearing from you, and thanks for listening to the program. Above all, we, we like hearing from you, but above all, thanks for listening. I mentioned our eparchy, which is the word for diocese in the Byzantine Church, is centered in Cleveland, Ohio, specifically Parma, which is a suburb of Cleveland, so we're called the Eparchy of Parma. And there are things going on there. As I often mention on this program, the presentation of the Eastern Churches is not just a history lesson or a museum piece, but it's a living, breathing church. An ancient church, yet a relevant one, a kind of a timeless church. And just to kind of emphasize that, we're welcoming to our program today Father Richard Plischka, who is very much at the center of things in the center of eparchy. He is the director of the Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center, which is in an interesting location in Cleveland, Ohio. But I'll let Father Richard tell you all about that. Father Richard Plischka, welcome to Light of the East. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Thank you, Father Tom. Thanks for being here, Father Richard. I know I kind of caught you on the fly because you're always flying around doing something. <laughs> it's good. It's good to be busy. It, it means that there are a lot of things going on and that 
God is working, and hopefully we're responding to what's happening. But uh, I'm happy to be here, and I thank you for the invitation. Um, we're excited about a lot of the things that are happening here at the Cultural Center and throughout the Eparchy, and we're glad to be invited to be able to share some of that with you and with your listeners. Well, tell everyone what you do, what the Cultural Center is, where it is, why it is, how it is. Sure, yeah. The Cultural Center, very briefly, began actually in 2009 during the 40th anniversary celebration of our diocese. And at the time, our bishop, Bishop John Kudrick, decided that there was a real need to respond to this call to the new evangelization in our church and, and find ways to creatively and, and, and effectively integrate the timeless message of our faith with the changing culture. And so he established what he called the Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center. And he said at the time that the, the mission of this center was to sort of celebrate um, those elements of the Byzantine culture, as it was historically, um, that are consistent with our modern culture, but at the same time to look around at our modern culture and find ways that we, from the perspective of our faith, can challenge some of these cultural trends that maybe are not quite in keeping with the gospel message. So um, that, that's sort of what we're about. And um, right now, we're, we're in, you mentioned an interesting neighborhood. It's called the Tremont neighborhood here in Cleveland. And um, Tremont is known as sort of an arts and culture center here in Cleveland. Lots of galleries, lots of little cafes. Uh, there's a monthly event called the Tremont Neighborhood Art Walk that happens here on the second Friday of each month. There's about 30 different galleries in our neighborhood that participate, and we started participating in that as a way to sort of visually depict our faith and to use something that was already happening here in the neighborhood to kind of tap in and use it to tell our story. Um, so we've been really well received here, but we're not just centered here. I mean, this is sort of the physical face of what we do, but uh, we run retreat programs and formation events and uh, various activities throughout the Eparchy in different locations, but uh, also online. Uh, we have various online activities, um, which are on our website, uh, which is bizcathculturalcenter.org. Um, and that's a place where people from anywhere can tap in and be part of what's happening here. Tell us about the Tremont Ear of Cleveland. This is really worth knowing to, to our, for our listeners because it's a, it's, a, it's a special place, isn't it? it you know, it is. And um, I, you know, I was not from Cleveland myself originally. I came from Pennsylvania. And when I moved here to Cleveland, I was hearing all about this neighborhood. So I, I began to visit here. And um, <laughs> you know, Cleveland, as you know, uh, Father Tom, was very much a, a steel town. Mm -hmm. And there were some steel mills just down below here from where our church is located. And um, back at the turn of the last century, the turn of the 20th century, many people moved here to work in these mills. And it became a very rich ethnic neighborhood. So, you know, we had Ruthenian people here. There's Ukrainian church here. There's a Polish church here. Uh, lots of these Eastern European folks who came to live here because they were working in these mills. And then, as time went on, back in the 50s and 60s, those mills began to slow down production, and people began to move up to the suburbs. Well, with that, the interesting thing that happened here, the neighborhood, was these artists began to move in and sort of fill in that vacuum. And uh, they created these little gallery spaces kind of on the first floors of these homes, and they began this art walk effort, which kind of led to a, a real regentrification of the neighborhood and revitalization here. And... Uh, We've got a great little group called the Tremont West Development Corporation, and they're sort of helping to work with some of the local businesses to really focus and, and direct this effort. And uh, in their identity statement for the neighborhood, they said that there are three things that make this neighborhood what it is. Uh, one is its galleries. Two are its cafes and its little restaurants. And three are its many churches, which they say have stabilized this neighborhood through good times and through bad. And so what we're really trying to do here at the Cultural Center is take our church and use our church as a place to have a little bit of a kind of gallery cafe experience and bring together you know, all three of those elements and allow that to be the platform that we use to tell our story. Uh, tell the listeners about the location, the actual building, the property that your cultural center is on. Sure, yeah, the cultural center here 
is actually a way that we're trying to revitalize something of our own. So uh, the church that we're located at is called Holy Ghost Church, and uh, it's a parish that actually was closed in 2009 uh, because most of the folks, as part of this sort of flight from the city, had left, and uh, we were no longer able to sustain the building here. Uh, but at the same time, the bishop realized that you know this is a beautiful property. It sits directly off of 90, the main entrance coming into the neighborhood. Uh, it has a beautiful 24-foot high iconostas icon screen, you know, that was carved in Budapest, and it was the mother church of about five other churches here in the Cleveland area. And uh, so the bishop really saw the value of this, not just as a beautiful place but in, in relationship to the neighborhood, and didn't want to lose that. And so together with this revitalization of the neighborhood, uh, he decided that we would try to revitalize and uh, utilize this place as, as a physical face, you know, an almost kind of iconic face uh, for what we're trying to do with our message. What's kind of interesting, Father Richard, is that you're talking about this effort for this new evangelization, which is evangelization for our time now and for the foreseeable future. And it's interesting that this is happening, your effort at the Cultural Center is happening out of this particular church, because as you mentioned, it was kind of the mother church of many parishes in the Cleveland area. And at the time, the, the priests that they had at that time were very visionary. In other words, they were doing the new evangelization of their time. And and that church that you're in now, that cultural center is in now, was was key to that. It was sort of at the, the center of the new evangelization of that time, because that's when, as you mentioned, when the Byzantine Catholic people came over from Central Europe as immigrants, they had to establish themselves here. They had to, you know, start in the inner cities with at the factories, and they worked at the factories and so on. And then they had to move out. They, you know, they began to move out and build other parishes. So there was kind of a there was a whole kind of evangelical basis and, and kind of character to a lot of our early parishes, and certainly this one was one of them, Holy Ghost. So it's interesting how that original charism, if you want to call it that, of this parish is is living on now in another way. Absolutely, and it was striking. Just just this past Friday, as I said, we participate in, in the neighborhood art walks here, and, and we had had um, Eric Jenis here, who you and many of your listeners may know, he's a, he's a composer and a pianist who, who travels around and really uses music as a way to sort of elevate the culture and recognizes that this, this beauty, this inherent beauty sort of moves the soul and speaks to the inner dignity of the person as someone created in the image of God and so therefore someone who is made for beauty. My soul cries to see you've turned your back on me. And, uh, came here and he did a concert together with a, a cellist, a violinist, and a, a wonderful vocalist who actually was from out in the uh, Chicago area there. And it struck me as he arrived here and we were setting up that um, Father Joseph Fanulia, who was an iconic pastor here for a number of decades, actually had um, violin lessons here for hmm. the young people, and they would offer concerts. And he had very much the same mentality you know, to use what is beautiful in culture to bring people mm-hmm. here in order to tell the Christian story. And I mentioned that to Eric, that you know we're doing this, and it's new for us because it's the first in our concert series, but it really is nothing new. It's just us doing here at our place in our time what has always been done, but just in a new way. And the concert was in the church there? It was. It was mm-hmm. off sort of on, on, on the left-hand side, off to the side of the Iconostas, mm-hmm. and... Um, Eric, in between the various pieces, uh, would, would, would kind of share reflections on the inspiration behind these and, and how they were moments of faith for him. And so whether it, it was moments of hope or moments of despair or moments of question, and, you know, talk a little bit about that experience, and then actually you then had an opportunity to hear that. And uh, the, the whole point really was to get us to reflect on the ways that we experience these, these various emotions in our own lives and what do we do with them. 
and and do we do what he did, which is you know take it to prayer, and then this becomes the fruit of prayer, which is something beautiful, you know, or do we let it you know, lead us to despair? And he was really challenging us to to be aware of those things, and um, I think it was it was particularly poignant because with it being in church, there was a certain awe and a certain reverence that came mm-hmm. with the overall experience, and not to mention just the beauty of, of, of the icon screen and, and the physical space. Uh, there was actually a, a woman here who works with the local development corporation who afterwards said to me, you know, Father, I, I have been a concert promoter. I've, I've worked in California. I've worked in New York. And, you know, now I'm retired and I'm living here. And she said, I've been to many, many concerts. And she said, I've never been so moved. She said, this church was amazing. The music was amazing. It just, and with tears in her eyes, was just so moved by this experience. And I said, well, that's the Holy Spirit. That's, that's, that's all that is. You, know? <laughs> you, can't, you can't explain that any other way. Well, when we return, we're going to talk more with a special guest today, Father Richard Plishka, who is the director of the Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East's mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Saving Jews from the Holocaust in a wheelchair. And now, a Sheptitsky Institute Minute with Father Peter Galadza. Archbishop Andrei Sheptitsky was born in 1865 in western Ukraine. He was an aristocrat who gave up his wealth to become a monk. He then led the Greco-Catholic Church in Ukraine through two world wars. Exiled to Russia for three years during World War I, Sheptitsky never again enjoyed good health. From 1929 until his death in 1944, he worked from a wheelchair. From that wheelchair, Sheptitsky coordinated efforts to save hundreds of Jews during the Holocaust. Next time, we'll tell you more about the Archbishop, who at the height of the Holocaust wrote, A lack of love is the source of every hardship and misery. Love is the very substance of all of God's revelation. To learn about degree programs in Eastern Christian Studies, visit sheptitskyinstitute.ca. That's S-H-E-P-T-Y-T-S-K-Y institute.ca. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. The Tabor Life Institute, which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to taborlife.org. That's taborlife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's taborlife.org. Welcome back to Light of the East. Again, Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. Our special guest today is Father Richard Pliska, who is a director of the Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center, which is part of the Eparch of Parma in Cleveland, Ohio. Father Richard, I just want to stop for one moment, something I know you'll appreciate too as a Byzantine Catholic priest. And since this is the Sunday of the Samaritan Woman, I mentioned beginning the program, we would talk a little bit about that. But I just want to, I'll let the liturgy speak for us. I'm just going to share with the listeners just a little bit of the prayers that we say during this week of the Samaritan Woman, this Sunday of the Samaritan Woman as well. And as always, the liturgical text from our our church services is is so rich. Many times it's multi-level, full of symbolisms and analogy and metaphor. 
and, and, and great theology. Here's one of the prayers that we pray during this week of the Samaritan woman. And the listeners may recall that's the story in John chapter 4 where the Christ comes to the woman at the well, and there's a whole wonderful discourse that happens. And purposely, we read this during the Paschal season because it has a lot to do with water, with refreshment, with new life. And here's one of those prayers. Meeting a woman in a village of Samaria, Almighty Savior, you asked her for water to drink. Even though in ancient times in the desert, you brought forth from the most hard rock the stream from which Israel drank in abundance. O giver of life, you waken faith in the heart of the Samaritan woman, and she now tastes both joy and living water in heaven forever. How about one more prayer here? You behold the inexhaustible chalice of gifts. Grant that I may draw living water for the remission of my sins so that I may be overcome by thirst for you, O only compassionate one. Just a few examples of the kind of prayer, the rich prayer that goes on in our liturgical services, and these in particular are from this Sunday of the Samaritan Woman. Father Richard, we were left off talking about the concert at the Cultural Center you had with Eric Jennison. By the way, for those listeners who may not be familiar with him, highly, highly recommend if you want original, it's his own original music, magnificent music, and he's one of these musicians that can make a teenager who's ordinarily listening to rap music love classical music. Don't you agree, Father Richard? True. In fact, in the morning, we, we took him to our elementary school, St. Mary's School over here in Old Brooklyn in Cleveland, and uh, he he did a, a mini-concert there, but also had some conversation with the students. And it was amazing to see how incredibly transfixed these kids were. Yeah. And one of the eighth-grade boys asked him after one of the songs, hey, is that on iTunes? You know, and the <laughs> response was, well, yes, it's on iTunes. And the kid jumped up and, you know, kind of with the fist in the air, and yes, yes, you know, and it, it was just amazing because I, I know this young man, and as you say, he's not the kind of boy who normally is listening to this kind of thing at all, but it just really spoke to him. And uh, another kid said to the teacher, you know, is he trying to make us cry? <laughs> the, teacher, the teacher said, no, he's trying to make you feel. Ah, good. Uh, you know, and Excellent. the little boy was really moved by that. So, yeah, I agree. I highly recommend Eric and his music, and, and not just his music, but the message that he's yes. communicating with his music. Yes, classic, classic example of a man truly using his gifts for God and so effectively. I remember when he played along with, he always brings soloists, young soloists who are just outstanding. I remember when he played at our Byzantine Youth Rally in San Diego last year. And of course, you got all these kids, you know, these teenagers in the hall when this guy's going to play classical music. Well, he introduces himself as that and he explains a little bit about it. And you know, the kids are saying, oh, okay, classical music. Well, let me tell you, when that violinist, that young lady, fired up that violin, I thought it was going to catch on fire. I thought that violin was going to catch on fire, Father Richard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she could play that violin. But, but, but his music goes through the whole spectrum. Like, as you say, it can move you to tears, and it can really excite you. And it's all within a, a classical and kind of religious kind of tone to it. And yet it's, it's, it, just, uh, it can actually move young people today. Well, there's other things going on there as well. In fact, you've got something very special coming up having to do with some relics. We do, yes. Um, we have, were blessed last spring. Um, His Eminence Metropolitan Jan Babjak, who is the Metropolitan Archbishop of Kieszow, Slovakia, made his first visit to the United States as Metropolitan, and he came here and presided at uh, 
great Vespers with us and was able to offer his blessing and join us afterwards for some social time. And following that, he sends a very nice letter uh, here to, to myself and also to Bishop John, uh, thanking us for the experience. And one of the things that he had said in that letter was that in light of this year of faith, that he was moved by the connection between the faith of the Church in Europe and the faith of the Church here in the United States, and reflecting kind of on this, this sense that it, it's really the witness of the martyrs, the blood of the martyrs, and, and not just the witness of that in terms of their death, but their life and how that speaks to us, that, that unifies us and that inspires us. And so he has sent to us two very lovely, very substantial relics of Blessed Paul Peter Goidich and Blessed Basil Hopko, who were both bishops there in Peshev, Slovakia, who were, who were martyred under the communists. And um, those relics will be enshrined here on May 11th, Saturday, May 11th, which is the Feast of Saints Cyril and Methodius, uh, the apostles of the Slavs, the, pe- the uh, people who brought the faith to the individuals who became the ancestors of our church. And so we're going to be having a special liturgy. Our Metropolitan, Metropolitan William Skirla from Pittsburgh, will be presiding at that liturgy, and our bishop, Bishop John Kudrick, will be the main celebrant. And uh, in, in honor of the connection to the Church in Eastern Europe, it's going to be a Slavonic liturgy, which is the Church language. Uh, in, in the same way that the Roman Church has Latin as a Church language, uh, we have Slavonic as a Church language. So to sort of honor that connection with our Church in Europe and the faith in Europe, we're going to have this whole liturgy in Slavonic, and our scola here from the Cultural Center will be singing, and then we have another choir from St. Nicholas in Barberton, Ohio here, uh, which also will be singing, and we have two priests from Peshov, Father Marek Vishnovsky and Father Miran Krulkmetz, who are here serving in our eparchy, and they actually will carry those relics into the church and enshrine them in special shrines that have been prepared. And that's really our hope that they'll be a witness here for us, um, not just at this physical place, but a witness for us at our church in the United States about the, this unity in the faith and the incredible value of that faith. And when would that be happening again? That is Saturday, May 11th, at 10 o'clock in the morning. And... Um, Following the liturgy, there's going to be a luncheon downstairs, and there's a, a local group that plays um, music of various styles from Eastern Europe. They're called Harmonia, and Harmonia will be playing, and they have a vocalist who is from Peshov, a mm. uh, place from which these martyr bishops come. So they'll be performing at that luncheon. And can anyone come to this? Anyone can come to this, and we, we hope that, any, that many people will. Um, there's, there's information about it on our website, which is bizcatholicculturalcenter.org bizcatholicculturalcenter.org, uh, or you could visit our Facebook page, which is Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center, and uh, if you go to the Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center Facebook page and like that page, you can follow that, and um, you know, you'll get updates about all the various events that are happening here, but also the events that we're hosting throughout the Eparchy. So you know, we hope that many people will join us on uh, Saturday, May 11th, 10 o'clock, for the Slavonic Liturgy with our Metropolitan and our bishop, and then afterwards for the lunch. And for the benefit of our listeners, so you understand about the relics, the relics are the three bishops, correct, Father Richard? They're the two bishops from Bishop. So this is Blessed Topko and Blessed Goidich. Okay, the and, two uh, bishops. And we do have another, another bishop martyr, Bishop Ramja, Theodore Ramja, uh, and he's from, he's from Ukraine, from Ozhgorod. Um, so we're hoping to be able to in the future also have a relic of him to enshrine here. And these bishops, they are martyred. The reason why they're martyred is because they were martyred during communism. So they're recent saints. We're very, very happy, and they were declared blessed by Blessed John Paul II. And so we're real, real happy as a church to have these relics. And in fact, one of those, Bishop Goidich, was proclaimed to be a righteous person by the Yad Vashim Holocaust Museum in Israel. So it's another right. distinction we're very, very proud about because he, a Byzantine Catholic, a Ruthenian bishop, which is now present-day Slovakia, 
was very instrumental in assisting and helping Jewish people who were being, of course, persecuted during the Holocaust by Nazi Germany at the time. Right. So we're very, very, very proud about that distinction as well. So this is a really a, a, a significant event. And again, it's open to anyone, May 11th, Saturday, 10 a.m. at the Byzantine Catholic Culture Center. Once more, the website. Yeah, the website, Father Tom, is bizcatholiculturalcenter.org. bizcatholiculturalcenter.org. Org, and the Facebook page is Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center. Now, there are some other things coming up as well, a little further into the future. Sure, yeah. We have we have a number of things. I mean, of course, as I said, on a, on a regular basis, we have local events here the second Friday of each month that coincide with the Tremont Neighborhood Art Walk. So uh, the May event will be um, a light-up night. We're calling it light-up night. We're going to have um, the illumination of our towers and our domes thanks to a grant that we received from the Office of Preservation Services here from the Cleveland Restoration Society. But we're also going to have downstairs as part of our exhibit stained glass windows from various churches and locations from throughout the Cleveland area here that have been closed, and we're going to light those windows. And again, the thought is that, okay, we're lighting up our towers, but why? You know, it's, it's about this inner light of Christ. Christ who says, I am the light of the world. And, and how does he transfigure us and, tra- and change us you know, from the inside out? Um, so that, that's going to be the exhibit on, on uh, May 10th, which is the Friday before this event with the relics. Um, and then June, we have another concert, but also coming up at the end of June, we have an annual event, our, our Boys and Girls Camps. And um, these are for young men and young women, uh, ages 8 to 18. And they happen at the property that we have out in Burton, Ohio, our Shrine of Our Lady of Maria Poch. And the young men get together for the weekend beginning on Thursday. That's Thursday, the 27th of June. And um, the young ladies, that same day, the young men meet at the shrine, which is on one side of the property. The young ladies meet at the Monastery of Christ the Bridegroom, which is our new women's monastery here in the Upper Key. And they have their event over there. And um, the... uh, the boys' camp is in its, I think, sixth year this year, and uh, the girls' camp in its fifth year. But one of the things that's been really exciting is that we're beginning to see now leaders from these young people you know, who have kind of gone through these experiences. And, and the weekend is everything from prayer to reflection time to presentations by different uh, speakers to activities and relay races and trivia competitions. Um, and, you know, we camp out, so it's, it's not as if it's um, a kind of common sort of thing. There's, there's really something for everybody, and the groups are in teams, and so there's a, a team competition that's happening there, too, to kind of give some incentive to be involved and be attentive. And uh, we use that as a way to talk about this kind of, you know, spiritual warfare, that it's not that we're competing against each other, but ultimately, what are we really doing? You know, we're, we're competing and running this race that St. Paul talks about. Well, Father Richard, thank you so much for updating us on the exciting things going on in the Park of Parma, in particular, the Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center. One more time, the website? Absolutely. The website is bizcatculturalcenter.org, bizcatculturalcenter.org, and the Facebook page is Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center. Thank you again, Father Richard. God bless you. Christ is risen. My pleasure. Indeed, he is risen, Father Tom. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East.